0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Now for you Bible students, here's some homework for you. Numbers chapter two, when Israel was in the wilderness, God organized the nation by their tribes and they were organized in four main groups and at the center was the tabernacle. So on the north, the south, the east, and the west, the 12 tribes were, 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 were surrounding the tabernacle, three tribes per position. The 12 tribes here, very interesting, very fascinating. A picture of New Jerusalem here with the, with the throne of God being surrounded by his people. Angels at the gate, 12 gates. Did you notice who is not at the gate? Very good, you guys all guessed it. All three services, I thought I had you stumped. Peter's not at the gate now. How many how many jokes that all they all start out? Well, let me tell you a joke. <laughs> Peter's at the pearly gates, and we go. Oh yeah, I've got one right here. Would you like to hear it? I don't have time for. We'll go in later. Peter's at the gate, and all the jokes. Peter's at the gate. Well, did you notice? Peter's not at the gate. The angels are at the gate. But notice I also think that it's fascinating in verse 14, the foundation can be seen. That's pretty fascinating to me. I mean, you don't usually see the foundation of a building already erected. So that gives us again indication that this city has come down and it is hovering because you can see the foundation on this new Jerusalem. And on the foundation are 12 layers and on the 12 layers are the 12, the names of the 12 tribes. So we can see the foundation there. Pretty fascinating. Now, it's this city. It is this city that Abraham, Father Abraham, is this city that he looked for. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, it tells us that Abraham looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. This is a city, the New Jerusalem, the same city that John sees is a city that Abraham looked for. Way back in Genesis, Abraham was looking for the city. Abraham knew the city he needed and was looking for wasn't here on the earth. It was a city to come. And it's also interesting because we know that that Abraham, knowing that there's something else, knowing that there's some place else, he never put down any roots on this earth. Abraham was a very, very wealthy man. But it is interesting to me that Abraham never owned a house. He didn't have beachfront property with a timeshare. He didn't have a financial portfolio. No, he didn't put anything away for the kids. He wasn't leaving anything for the kids, which I say amen to. I personally, I'm spending it all right now. I love that bumper sticker that says, I'm spending my children's inheritance. Amen. I catch up to that car. Me too. And Abraham didn't leave anything. Very wealthy man, yet he didn't leave anything. Why? Because he was looking for another city. When Abraham died, it was interesting. He actually owned three things. Three things he owned. He owned a tent. He owned or built an altar. And he owned a burial plot for his family at Mechpelah, which tells us Abraham was looking for another kingdom. He had a tent, which speaks of the fact that Abraham knew this life was temporary. He built an altar everywhere he went. I can hear Abraham saying, look, while I'm here in this temporary earth, on this temporary world, while I'm here, I think I'll worship. He owned a tent and he built an altar. Abraham was a wanderer and a worshiper, a pilgrim and a priest, a stranger and a sojourner. He knew what he needed wasn't on this earth. Abraham knew that what he needed was in another city, and that's why he never put down roots here. What about us? What about you? What about me? Are, are we comfortable here? Are, are we trying to put down roots here? Get a bigger house, get a bigger car, get more of this and more of that, more of this and more of that. Listen, Christian, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, Jesus could come any day. And when Jesus comes, none of these things is going to get in his way from getting you off this earth and into his kingdom. And guess what? You're going to leave it all. You're going to leave it all. You can't take it with you. You really can't. So why not send it ahead? And invest in the kingdom in your home, which is in the new Jerusalem. Abraham knew that. And that's why the Bible says he looked for a city whose builder and whose maker and whose foundations were not of this earth. They were of God. The same city that John sees here. Well, notice in verse 15. And he who talked with me, John said, had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. This is fascinating. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. And then he measured its walls, 144 cubics, according to the measure of a man that is of an angel. The construction of his walls was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. Unbelievable. The hovering city is breathtaking. The New Jerusalem's length, height, and width are equal, like a cube. Or even many scholars believe a pyramid. The city is, get this, 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles high. Is that unbelievable or what? 1,500 miles high. This is an enormous, enormous city. That would be like from Raleigh to Denver to New York to Houston and back to Raleigh. This is a huge city, 1,500, 1,500 cubed and 1,500 miles high. Today we are told, we're told today that there are 5.6 billion people on the planet today. Suppose there was three billion people saved and living in the new city. Every person, get this, would get one square mile of property in the New Jerusalem. Now you can't get that in Apex. You knew that, right? Yeah, you can't get that in Apex. One square, I mean, this is a lot of property here if a person got a quarter mile cubed that would make room for 20 Billion people in the New Jerusalem. We are not talking a small lot here. But let me tell you something. The New Jerusalem, with all of its beauty, all of its splendor, all of its gold, all of its stones and beautiful prisms, that is not really what makes it heaven, you guys. You know what makes it heaven? What makes it heaven? Amen. You know what makes it heaven? The fact that God is there. That's why it's heaven. You know what? It could be big as a super Walmart. If God was there, it would be heaven. Amen? Because heaven is heaven, not because heaven has cool stuff. Because heaven does have cool stuff. But heaven is heaven because God lives in heaven. Because the presence of God is there. Behold, the tabernacle of God, John says, is among men. That's why it's heaven. Well, then notice goes on in verse 19, talking about this new city. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. The third, chalcedony. The fourth, emerald. The fifth, sardinox. The sixth, sardis. The seventh, chrysolite. The eighth, beryl. The ninth, topaz. The tenth, that stone. The eleventh, I don't know the name of it. You give it a shot. The eleventh, Jason and the 12th amethyst notice that notice these 12 stones and four walls. So we have three stones to a wall. Incredibly beautiful, beautiful city. Well, then the 12 stones or the 12 gates in verse 21 were 12 pearls. Did you get that? The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Now, here is where we have the famous saying, the pearly gates. And notice here, the only thing man made by a living organism in heaven. All other materials are metal or stone. Now, understand something here. Listen, in the Jewish mind, a pearl is not kosher. It comes from an oyster which was considered an unclean animal. Now, I believe what we have here is God is giving a little something for the Gentiles. I think God is communicating here that heaven isn't. Remember, the readers, the predominant readers of Pastor John's letter here in Revelation would be Jewish believers, Jewish Christians. And I think the Holy Spirit is telling us by telling us that this, this gate is pearl, a pearl gate, that heaven isn't just for the Jew. Heaven is for all people. Listen, heaven is for all people. If you don't like all people, you don't want to be in heaven. Whatever, who doesn't want to be in heaven? But you you love all people because all people in heaven, not just Jewish people, not just Gentile people, black people, white people, Asian people, all people, Yankees and Southerners, California people, all people, all people. In the Greek language, all people are in heaven, all people, God's people. And what's amazing to me is that there would be a pearl big enough to be at the gate of this 1,500-mile-high city. That's the gate, and it's a pearl. And what is really amazing to me, and I would like to see, is the size of the oyster. If you like oysters, I mean, eat yourself happy, honey, because it's going to be planned. I don't know what God's going to do with it. I mean, you get the oyster put the pearl gate up. It's pretty amazing to me. And then notice in verse 21, the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Apparently, somehow this gold is so pure, you can see through it. Now, on earth, we fight over gold, and people are killed because of gold. We have the golden rule. He who wears the gold makes the rule. But in heaven, get this. That was in the military, by the way. My my commanding officer, if you're in the military, you know. He who has the gold makes the rules. In heaven, gold is asphalt. Is that amazing? It's just asphalt. I mean... Here on Earth, what do we do with asphalt? We walk on it. We ride our cars on it. I mean, we 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 pour our cokes out on it. I mean, asphalt is asphalt. I mean, it's nothing. In heaven, gold is asphalt, and, and it's and, and nobody's going to be stealing it or chipping it off. I mean, when's the last time you have seen a person sneak out in the middle of the night here, sneak out and middle of the night go out on the tar pavement? And chip a piece of asphalt tar and put it in his pocket. No, that's pretty sick. I mean, no one does that, do they? (laughs) If you do see me after service, you need help. Two words for you, seek help. No one does that. In heaven, no one will be doing that because gold is asphalt there, just plenty of it, and it's so pure just so purified. It's like transparent glass. But, but in verse 22, I saw no temple. Now I want you to notice something. Heaven is heaven not only because of what is there, but heaven is heaven because of what is not there. Notice, I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of sun or moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Jesus is its light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. In verse 24, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Interesting. No temple there. In the New Jerusalem, no temple. Why? Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb itself is the temple. In other words, the temple isn't removed. It's expanded. Everything in every place is holy and the dwelling place of God in the coming kingdom. The very light that blazes from the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The face of Jesus will illuminate the whole city. Fifteen hundred square miles. You talking about a bright smile? Amazing. Notice the gates shall not be shut. Literally In the Greek language, it means the gates shall absolutely not shut. Now that's important. In the ancient days, the the gates of the city were were closed at night to keep attacking armies from marching into the city. But in, in the New Jerusalem, there will be no night. And the gates won't ever be shut. Heaven is always open. You can call heaven at any time, day or night. God never takes a break. Or one of my favorite verses, Psalm 121, verse 4, Behold, he that keeps Israel shall neither sleep nor slumber. Heaven's always, always open. You know, in in the original text, in the Greek language, the fact that the gates are open, it speaks of the fact that people will be coming and going all the time. Now, I don't have time to develop this, but the, the implication is, in our new glorified bodies, we will have the ability to transport between earth and the new Jerusalem heaven. We know that Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John. And Peter said, let's build three tabernacles, Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. And in his glorified body, we could see Jesus there in a new body. You remember in John chapter 20, Thomas and the disciples were in the upper room. And they, were, they didn't believe Jesus had risen from the grave. That he had rose again. And Jesus in his glorified body, a different molecular structure of his body. He came walking through the wall. He walks up to Thomas and he says, Thomas, take your hands and stick them in them. Take your fingers, stick them in my hand. Take your hand and put it in my side. And don't be doubting Thomas, but believing Jesus had a new body, a body that could move about pretty quickly. Walk through walls, walk through shut doors. Well, in the new Jerusalem, the gates are open, which implies that we will, because we know we're going to have glorified bodies, we'll have the ability to just move about. The gates are open. So we can transport from the new Jerusalem to the new earth. Just in, hey, Hawaii. Cool, man, cool. I've never been to Hawaii. No airfares. No stewardess sir, pack your bags, put them under your seat, seat up, belt on. No, none of that. Just beam me up, Scotty. Shoo. Now I'm back home, chipping some asphalt gold. No, no, no. Amazing. You know, people think heaven's going to be boring. Oh, heaven is going to be boring. I mean, what are you going to do in eternity? You're just floating around the Cloud and little naked babies playing the harp just kinda go by and handles Messiah always being played. Hallelujah. Oh Oh, how boring that is. Listen, heaven's not gonna be boring. People say that heaven is soul sleep. Well, that's boring. Some say heaven is just annihilation. You just evaporate. Well that's boring. Oh, you come back as a frog. That's heaven. Oh, yeah, I really got that to look forward to. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, heaven is not going to be boring at all. Heaven is going to be very cool because we'll get to hang out with Jesus. And the Bible says that we will see him face to face. Don't you want to see him? Don't you want to see him? You know, some people have said, you know, listen, Rodney, all roads lead to God. All roads lead to God, they say. You know, that's not what Jesus said. In John chapter 14, you might remember John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus said it like this, and he was speaking of this new Jerusalem, this heavenly kingdom. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Well, then Thomas said, Lord, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't know where you're going. We don't know where where, where heaven is. How can you say we know the way?" And then Jesus quoted that very famous verse. Matter of fact, read it with me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Some say all roads lead to God, Pastor. You know, here, all roads do lead to God. You're right. You're right. All roads lead to God. Because the Bible says that someday we will all stand before the true and living God, every single one of us believer and non-believer. A non-believer before the great white throne judgment. The believer will stand before the beam of seat judgment and we will get our rewards. But if you're an unbeliever, you're going to stand before the great white throne judgment and I guess you're right. All roads do lead to that place where the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, you are right. All roads do lead to God. But let me ask you a question that I think we should all think about. At least give some consideration to, what will you hear when your road leads to God? What will you hear? Will you hear? Depart from me, I never knew you. Or will you hear? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. I guess the question remains not what road you take that leads to God, but what will you hear And the only way to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, is to believe and receive what Jesus said, that you cannot come to the Father. You cannot, listen, you cannot make it into this heavenly kingdom with the pearly gates and the streets of gold. And it's beautiful and colors and prism and happiness and joy and fellowship. You can ever make it there unless you come through Jesus Christ. Ronnie, that can't be right. No, I didn't say it. He said it. He said it. And we must believe what he said. No one comes to the Father except through me. What will you hear when you stand before him? That's pretty narrow. Yep. guess you're right. It is pretty narrow. And Jesus said, broad is a way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to this kingdom. Few thereon will find it. I guess it is pretty narrow. But it's right. And it's true. And it's the only way to get into the kingdom that John sees, that Father Abraham saw and looked forward to. And someday when you take your last breath here on this earth, you take your next breath in heaven. You know, tomorrow I gotta tell you, and I'm closing, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. But but I'm coming in. But tomorrow I'm doing I'm doing a funeral tomorrow in, in New Bern, I think is where I'm going. And um and uh and this, the lady that we're gonna do a funeral for, um, you know, she took her last breath on Friday. And she was a believer. And now she knows what John knows. She knows firsthand. She can see it. I want to see it. Those pearly gates. She's walking on those streets of gold. She's, she's comforted. She knows it firsthand. And I pray, I pray that you know it. Hmm. Things are Crazy in the world today do you know Jesus we're all going to die it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when
0: you have been listening to Salt and Light a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time